0: Welcome to the PowerBlock Fitness Podcast. My name is Jason Michael Lindsay, And my name is
1: Kitty Marie. Yeah, yes, we found that
0: out. Welcome. Marie. Kitty Marie. You know, I bet that's the most common... Marie? Yeah, female that's name. quite. And Michael's pretty pretty common. When I was born in mm-hmm. 1973, my mother, is, who's no longer with us, but back when I was growing up, like, why'd you name me Jason, you know? She's like, well, it was the second most common name in like a book that, or some m- magazine article she read. And the most common name was Michael. I'm like, oh, real original there, Mom.
1: She wanted to fit in. Apparently. She wanted her son to fit in, naturally. And, yeah, and I spent
0: most some of my life good, not fitting lot of in. A good that did. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. How you doing today, Kitty?
1: I'm fantastic, Jason.
0: Living and dreaming, are you?
1: Dreaming, living, loving life. How so about yourself?
0: I'm, uh, I'm yeah, I'm living and dreaming excited for golf season you played golf last you and i both brother yeah you know I'm going
1: this weekend next weekend
0: does your dude play golf with yes. it? that's the deal and he, and he know, likes that that's the thing that absolutely
1: jason actually i was just talking about this to someone i used to be the golf girlfriend where i would go on the cart and i would kind of caddy and i'd bring the sandwiches and the blankets and i'd be there for whatever they needed and then finally one day i was like screw this noise and i started playing golf with my girlfriends and I really just started to enjoy it. It's really calming. It's relaxing when you don't get mad at yourself, obviously. But you know. I don't know, that, I don't know what that's I, like. I, I know you probably don't know what that's like, but I just go to be in nature and not give a crap about anything else for four plus hours.
0: I've said before, I'll say again, if I would have started playing golf at age 24, to 32, and guys and gals do this, you started playing yeah. late. I would have made it two rounds and that was it. That would have been the end of that. That would have been, a, I would have been like, well, that was worth a shot. When did you start? I was 12, 11. I probably hit a golf ball, but I grew up with a father who was a great golfer. And so when I'm a kid, I'm looking, I'm going to the local small town golf course and seeing his name on the club championship thing. Seven of these babies, by the way, he won. And I'm like, man, you know, my dad's, you know, you're proud of your dad. He's a good golfer. Well, he didn't, he wasn't really interested in bringing his kid out there at a young age. I'm sure he did it a couple times, but this was a different age. I'm not ripping him. It wasn't like, oh, let's get my kids into sports. You, we had a golf team in seventh grade, so that's when I played. He bought me a junior set, and I first time in competitive golf. When I was twelve. I'd hit a ball maybe a summer before, and then I borrowed his clubs in eighth grade and made varsity. Now this is a small town. I'm not bragging. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't as hard. It's in as your a, genetics, Jason. Well, maybe, but uh, yeah. So that was, uh, but so I grew up competitive golf. And that's all, I mean, to the point where I wanted to beat the guys on my team, which sure. is not healthy. <laughs> we should, you know, we should be trying to win as a team. Yeah. No, I'm, it's a, it's a, it's a bad, it can be bad. I mean, what I mean by that is, is like, I just, that's what I know about golf. So I'm the guy, if you go play, I'm like, what are we playing for? What's the reward here? Which, by the way, can be a nickel. It doesn't, it's not about any golfer. It's not about winning money. It's just winning. So yeah. Not, oh, of course. But anyway, it And being
1: was, better than the round before.
0: Do you think our guest today is competitive? You did some research on her. I did
1: a lot of research. I don't really think she's very competitive. Really, I think she's a super supportive, like safe, stable energy.
0: So you're saying competitive people aren't supportive and stable?
1: That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you competition do, you probably isn't her commentary. first. <laughs> competition probably isn't her first thing okay. that comes up uh, when okay. she's training others. Uh, yeah. yeah. How do we pronounce her name? Jamie. Laffler or Loffler?
0: You don't know either. I don't know. Yeah. I'll find out. Did Okay. Yeah, no, we're going to find out. Absolutely. She's actually on a hold. We've got her on the phone. We'll get to her in a second. Any? What are you most excited about asking her?
1: Well, I found out some pretty awesome stuff about her childhood. I found out that her family was a foster family, Ooh, meaning wow, wow. they took in kids her whole childhood. It sounds like I think like 48 or so children went through her home. So that had to just create... You know, team. It had to create a space for her to support other people. So it sounds like she had some pretty awesome upbringing.
0: Wow! so it, Hey, I'm excited to talk to her, but it sounds like we should get her parents on. Talk. I mean, who? What kind of a
1: a very selfless family? S- well, yeah, I a- mean, amazing family. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to talk to her parents I mean, too. I, honestly,
0: I'd pat myself on the back for ten years if I rescued a dog. These people have, po- <laughs> you know what I mean. Honestly, and these people, I mean, that we need people like that. Absolutely, we do. Yeah, gosh. All right, well, should we get her up? Yes, let's do please, it. let's go. Jamie. And we have her on the phone. We have Jamie, is it Laffler or Laffler? Laffler, Laffler, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Laffler, Jamie What a Laffler. happy
1: name
2: that is. I know, it's funny because I laugh a lot. Like, it goes really well.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's how I'm going to remember it, Jamie laughs. Right. I, I right. saw a
1: slogan on one of your social feeds that said, you're probably going to hear me before you see me. Yes, that is, true.
2: <laughs> that
1: is true. You sound have a big personality, Jamie.
2: I do, and quite a loud laugh, so it really does all roll into one.
0: Jamie, you're a coach, you're a performance specialist, you work mm-hmm. for Exos, there's other things that you do. Let's start with, well, first question is, are you in Texas? Where are you
2: at? Yeah, so I'm currently in Frisco, Texas, so suburbs of Dallas. Our Exos facility is up here in Frisco. When it comes to Exos, they tend to be up in the burbs around like their main cities. But yeah, I've been out here for six years in August, which is really crazy to say. I never thought I would be living in Texas, especially not for this long. But here I am.
0: Awesome. Were you born and raised in Missouri?
2: No, yes and no. So I'm from Phoenix and that's what I claim. I lived in Kansas City, Missouri for about, well in Missouri for about 15, 16 years. We had moved there when I was younger. did all my schooling there and went to Missouri State for grads, or undergrad, excuse me. And once I finished undergrad, I headed back west. So yes and no.
0: Was it, am I, did I read it right? Did you, you spent some time in Peculiar?
2: So that was my neighboring city. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I grew up in Raymore, Missouri, and Peculiar was right next to it. So we had a shared high school. Our high school is Raymore Peculiar. And the short history lesson on Peculiar is the city had wanted to be named Strange, Missouri, what? but that name was already taken. So instead, they went with Peculiar and people would literally stop on the side of the highway and take pictures of the big like peculiar oh, Missouri sign. Of course they would. I would. <laughs> so right.
0: So I went to college in Minnesota with a guy who was from Missouri. He wasn't from oh, pa- yeah? wasn't from Peculiar, but he would tell me the story cuz I you know, he'd said, "You know how they got the name Peculiar?" Yep.
2: <laughs> and but
0: it's a little different than yours. So I'm guessing oh, there's well, some urban legends that are, you know, going on possibly. here. Possibly. He said, "Well, they the city had to they had to petition Washington D.C. Here, you know, we want to name our town. How do we do that? And
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Washington said, "Well, you can choose any name you want as long as it's unusual or peculiar." And they didn't like unusual. So, <laughs> good story, Jason. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. witty. Yeah. Good story. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's move on to uh, okay. your how how Jamie Laffler ended up a you know, performance specialist at Exos. Uh, did you did you study? Exercise science, kinesiology, and No, college. your
1: academic not at all. record is amazing, by the way.
2: <laughs> well thank you. Yes. Thank you. This is one of the questions I get asked the most. And for me it it obviously was not easy. It was easy was nothing about any of this, but it was a very natural Low, I should say. So I actually started doing athletic training when I was in high school, literally just walking down the hallway, boop, 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 and a friend was sitting next to our athletic trainer and I was like, hey, she'd be good. And our athletic trainer was like, hey, do you want to come help out in the athletic training room? And I was like, sure, why not? Like, let's do it. So that's literally how I got into athletic training. And then I went to undergrad for athletic training at Missouri State. From there, I actually started and learned how to work out when I was 20. Hadn't done any of it before. I was an active person, but more like going down to the lake, like climbing trees, like being out in nature, that kind of thing. It did not really involve team sports past the age that like actually mattered. So when I finished at Missouri State, I went out to San Diego State for grad school doing exercise science. I was a grad assistant athletic trainer at the University of San Diego. So I was working there while going to school at San Diego State. I had an amazing time in San Diego, learned a lot of really, really great things. But the big thing that I learned was when it comes to grad school, it's not really what you know, it's who you know. When it comes to life, it's really not what you know, it's who you know. Great advice. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Frustrating, but it is true. And the University of San Diego is just very small, I was working with their biggest sport volleyball but it just wasn't really getting me the connections that I felt that I needed. So after that first year there I went to Arizona State so I was going back home back to Tempe so I did two more years of grad school at Arizona State as a grad assistant athletic trainer. My education had nothing really to do with what I was actually doing professional-wise. So I ended up getting my master's in post-secondary and higher education. So I'm set up to go be an athletic director at a university if I would like to. Mm -hmm. Sometime in the future, perhaps, never know. While at Arizona State, I worked with water polo, which is an incredible sport. You know nothing about it. It is super hard. I have so much respect for those women and those men. And then I also assisted with football. And it was my time at Arizona State where I really met the people who led me to Exos. A big thing that has always bothered me about the college level is how at the college, it's not necessarily about the person. It's not about the athlete themselves. It's not about the student. It's about you know winning, uh, more or less at all costs. And for me, that really bothered me. Like I ended up doing my thesis on the preparedness of the student athlete for life after sport because for me i don't feel like we do that properly we do not do that well enough and so talking about all this with Ah. (laughs) it was good it was good yeah so in talking about that like while at arizona state and you know with my team doctors and so forth i kept hearing like you need to look into exos you need to look into exos like it's right here in the valley so i ended up getting an internship at exos there in phoenix right after i finished grad school at arizona state worked my ass off that summer this was back in 2015, so I was working with um, Brett Bartholomew, huge mentor and friend of mine. He was still there. I worked with him. Was working with, gosh, most of the coaches are still at Phoenix. John Barlow, Jair Lee, Nick Winkleman was actually still there in the facility. Dennis Logan had actually just left to come out to Phoenix, so I or come out to Dallas. So I actually came and worked under him for a while. But at the end of my internship, I was offered two separate jobs with Exos. And the one that was a better fit for me was actually the one out here in Dallas. So that's that's how I ended up out here, and here I am, still doing big things. Yeah,
0: big
1: things
2: in Texas makes
1: sense to yep. me. It
0: makes total <laughs> right. sense. Jamie, Jamie, if if you if you run into somebody, you meet you meet a new person, and they mm-hmm. they ask where you work. You say Exos, and they say yep. what is Exos? What do you tell them?
2: I tell them that Exos, we're a private sports performance company, and they're all like, oh, what sports performance? Like, the easiest thing for me to relate it to is it is, like, elite strength and conditioning. So if you mm-hmm. were to look at a large university, so if you look at an LSU strength conditioning program, like, focus around football, that's basically what we do, but on a private level. So we cater to off-season athletes, active adults, college, high school, youth in a really holistic way. So we have our sports performance coaches, of course. We have our performance physical therapist. We have our sports dietitian. And we wrap all of that into one to really holistically elevate our clientele in the, the best and um, most efficient way possible for them.
1: Well, speaking of clientele, you you actually train with some amazing people, NBA, NFL, MLB. Mm-hmm. I saw mm-hmm. Olympians, Marines, yep. Secret Service. Yep. Yep. you know, and, and as I was looking at your feed, which your feed is very importantly... Uh, Mm -hmm. While I have you on your feed How do people get a hold of you by the way How can they find you on IG or website
2: So I'm really only active on Instagram Everyone's like you don't have a Twitter Like I had Twitter for maybe six months when it first came out Way back in the day It just wasn't for me My Instagram is Coach Jamie And my name is spelled weird Jamie is J-A-I-M-I-E How I get people to remember it Is there's two eyes like my face (laughs) (laughs) I see you Awesome I see what you did there
0: I heard her before I saw her. I heard her
2: before I saw her. (laughs) But yeah, so that's my Instagram. I have a ton of exercise videos on there. Yeah, I'm always open to getting feedback on what people want to see more of or want to see less of. Usually it's like, we want to see more of your actual life. I'm like, well, I get that, but (laughs) that's not what my Instagram is. When you wear real Um, clothes. When I went, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I get that all the time. But I am a real person. I do have a life outside of the facility, and that is actually extremely important to me. But segue well, back to where we were talking. <laughs> well,
1: actually, I kind of want to segue into you work with all of these amazing teams, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And I found in my deep dive of you, Jamie, which was very, mm-hmm. very awesome and impressive mm-hmm. you, ha- you were in a foster family. You weren't the foster child, but your Correct. family. Correct brought in was it 48 foster children yes, yes ma'am. so you've yep. been mm-hmm. a, a team player your whole life
2: I have indeed whether it was my choice or not but yes I have
1: mm-hmm. so how did how did the foster family help you to you know because when I see your feed you just seem like an energy that's safe and stable mm-hmm. and extremely mm-hmm. supportive of the people that you're mm-hmm. working with how did being a part of a foster family help that to be developed within you
2: This is a really big topic. I'm going to keep it superficial for sake of time. (laughs) So when I was eight years old, we became a foster family. Again, we were in Kansas city. I don't know how much people know about Kansas city, but it's not that successful always of, of an area, even within the suburban places. And we stopped doing foster care when I was 16. So we did it for eight, eight years. And again, had about 48 kids come through the home, which is a lot within eight years. So it was almost always either myself or my younger brother, Levi, had a child within our room. We typically had kids that were under three years old. And it was a lot of like, like, mom, I can't go in my room because the baby's sleeping. Or I can't go hang out with so-and-so because mom can't take me there because the kids are at the house and she needs to watch them. Or Jamie can't go do this because you have to stay home and babysit or it was just a lot of me having to be responsible for other people's lives that were not my own from a very young age you could have handed me a newborn baby at the age of 11 years old and I would have been like all right here we go Diapers change we're on a feeding schedule (laughs) I know exactly what to do and that's not normal that's not how a little kid should should grow up but from that I definitely became very responsible very early. I've always been told like I have a I have an old soul, which I don't know if people are born that way necessarily, or it's just through like nature versus nurture. But I definitely had to grow up much quicker in that sense of, okay, I have to step up and be responsible and I have to help out. And I've always just been a loving nature person in general. I've always had animals always always had animals so that was kind of my way it's like pour into the things that I wanted to choose to pour into was through having bunnies and having turtles and dogs and cats and hamsters and everything under the sun so I, I've always been a a caretaker I've always been someone who a
1: nurturer needs
2: yeah a nurturer yes. who needs to be loving other things constantly So right now I have a lot of plants (laughs) because that's what I have time for. And then, of course, I I have my people at work. Quarantine was really tough because I had, you know, my one roommate who was amazing and we had a dog. But thank the Lord I had her because we were we were going a little stir crazy with our lack of uh, constant socialization, if you will.
1: I got that completely. Mm -hmm. I think we all went through that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I want to actually flip into something that I saw on your feed, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to know how you feel about barefoot. I saw some things that you were talking about. I like to go barefoot for stability, Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. mobility correction. I would love Mm -hmm. to know, what do you feel the benefits of going barefoot? And when would you go barefoot while you're lifting? Right, right.
2: Well, I'll start with the last question. The only time I do not go barefoot is if I'm... Olympic lifting heavy just because it's not comfortable to like hit the ground really hard if I am out on our indoor turf because again it's just not uh, extremely comfortable and really if I need a lot of traction is so like if I'm doing like sled poles on our track or something like that that's really it otherwise my shoes are off my client's shoes are off whether it's from me having asked them like hey let's go ahead and take our shoes off or like let's try this or they see that I train barefoot, and they're like, "Hey, can I do that?" I'm like, yes, 100%. You show sure can. You can train barefoot, yeah. mm-hmm. I also put shoes on before I go into the bathroom at work. Just FYI, everyone. Good I to know. Walk everywhere barefoot. Good to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, your first question: Why do I feel it is important? So, when we think about stability, obviously, it starts with whatever part of your body is on the floor, right? So, if I lie down on the floor. My full back, we'll say, is on the floor and I am very stable. I'm very supportive, Mm -hmm. right? You know, we can take that up through the the developmental sequence, you know, as you progress from rolling to full or tall kneeling to half kneeling to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We become less, less stable because we have less surface area on the ground, right? Now, if we were to think about something as simple as, say, a pyramid, we know pyramids are quite stable, but that's because their foundation is, in essence, stable, Now, I'm not a pyramid specialist here, but I imagine the foundations of pyramids are built into bedrock. I'm just going to guess. Makes sense to me. (laughs) Now, if we were to put a pyramid on a foundation of literal sand or if we were to put a pyramid onto a massive airx pad, Mm. that sucker is not going to be stable. Mm -hmm. Right. If you put pressure on it, it's going to rock. It's going to tilt. It's going to lean sideways it most likely will lose its overall integrity and start to crumble in some manner right now if we look at a shoe just a traditional shoe a lot of my athletes love lifting in air maxes for some reason they look cool but that's about it <laughs> it's like you're standing on an airx pad mm-hmm. uh-huh mm-hmm. so if you're going to take an athlete who weighs we'll just use a football player who weighs 250 pounds and have him stand on an X pad we'll say two airx pads just so we're not like standing Feet touching each other. And then we're going to put a squat bar, we'll say 400 pounds, 405 pounds on their back. How in the world are you going to tell me that that person is stable when they're loading an extreme amount through their body while standing on Eric's pets? That's not, it's not a thing. You're not stable. You are not.
1: That logically makes so much sense.
2: right it does well what I know
1: I mean uh, looking at your feet again you are all about structure and posture and correct form and position and Mm -hmm, technique mm -hmm. and it sounds like you really are starting foundationally with your feet and rooting as -hmm. you are working which is just Mm -hmm. logically brilliant thank you for that Jamie yeah
2: of course Jamie
0: Jamie I want to ask you what do you like best about exos Well, I like
2: this. Yeah, the power blocks, definitely. (laughs) They actually are amazing. (laughs) They really are. It's funny, whenever we get, whether it be new clients or new interns or, you know, whoever come into the facility, we, you know, give them a tour. This is how you use this. This is how you use this. And whenever we get to the power blocks, I'm like, all right, these are our dumbbells. I'm like, what? Where are all the notes? These are our dumbbells. This one goes from five pounds to 90 pounds. This is how you use it. they're like, oh my gosh, why didn't our weight room have this? It would have taken up or it would have saved us so much space. Like, yeah, man, and this set right here, we've had it forever, it's lasted forever, and it's still working. And they're just like, what? Incredible, yes. But at Exos, outside of the power box, like I spoke on earlier when I was talking about my, my come up through my career and the college level, Exos is about the athlete, it's about the clients. We do everything that we can for the individual that walks in the door. I do not go to work for myself. I go to work to be there for other people. To support them and how they need to be supported to elevate them mentally to elevate them physically to get them where that they want to be and that's what i really like i'm there for them i am not there for myself and collectively the community that exos creates with, within our facility within our company as a whole that's what we're about yes of course we are a service industry we have to be that way and we obviously have to make money But in all ways we possibly can, we create everything to be about them, whether it's, you know, individualizing their shake and, oh, they, they don't like strawberries. They don't like bananas. They don't like mixed fruit. Okay. We're going to go and buy mangoes because they like mangoes. Oh, you don't feel comfortable doing this exercise or you don't feel comfortable taking your shoes off. That's okay. We're going to, you know, work around it in the most structured way we possibly can.
0: Jamie at Exos. As a performance specialist, do you specialize in one or two sports? Do you work with the general population?
2: That's a great question. I have done it all, and I do do it all. So when it comes to actual sports, I run our NBA program. That's something that I started working with athletes. I guess back in undergrad, really. I supported a D two university, and they had won the national championship the year after I left. Boo! But I helped you help get them there. Started working with our NBA group. My second year at Exos and actually fell in love with really the personality of the sport. I love football. I love our football athletes. But when it comes to basketball, there's just a kind of ease and man, it's hard to describe. It's like comparing a Tuesday and a Wednesday to each other. It's just a different kind of like laid back atmosphere that they create while still being able to get after it in the weight room and to, to be really focused in on their sport so that's the professional sport i work with most while at exos i've coached our nfl group before for months at a time i've worked with major league soccer players i've worked with our mlb program i've worked with hockey currently i'm working with basketball our nba combine program i've got some guys in there i have a professional skateboarder who she's actually out competing right now for our for her national level stuff to then get her over to tokyo I've got a couple of retired Navy SEALs with me. I've got a hundred meter track athlete that I'm training. I've got our two adult groups that I work with, one of which has our retired NFL athletes in it. So Exodus has a really big partnership with the NFL PA and the NFL players trust where our retired NFL players come to us and they train with mm. us for free and they get physical therapy for free. And we get to you know take their generally very, very beat up bodies and beat up brains really. and try and get them back to being healthy or at least moving the the nfl today is really hard on a body but the nfl 10 15 years ago was really really hard on the body so that's honestly one of the most rewarding groups i work with is with those retired nfl athletes so i work with the full gamut and it's awesome there's very few facilities you can walk into and say i started my day training someone for the nba combine and i went and worked with you know five retired NFL players, a couple of which were Super Bowl champions. And then I worked with the Olympic skateboarder, who's a, a female also. And Boom. then I finished, finished the day working with general population, some of which are some of my best friends who I'm going to one of their weddings soon. You um, have amazing so
0: camaraderie
1: <laughs> I've seen yeah. with all
0: of your people too, which is awesome. Yeah,
2: it is. You're a normal uh, person,
1: a normal amazing person. Do
0: you, yeah, do you, well, thank you. Do you have a golfer in there?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: At this moment we do not, but we have had professional golfers come through Dallas. Mm. Usually they go to our Phoenix location just because it's Arizona and Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Dallas, Phoenix, Kansas City, San Diego. What's your favorite city of those?
2: San Diego by far. San really? Diego Dallas, is absolutely yeah, that's it. <laughs> it is an amazing place. I love Phoenix. It's always gonna be home, but San Diego has the mountains and the beach it's a city but like focus on health and wellness and it's it's beautiful i love it there yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and then in, in phoenix jamie camelback mm-hmm. how many times do you hike up Camelback? Oh, yeah
2: so i try to do camelback every time i'm home if you've seen it on my instagram i always talk about how it is an unbiased benchmark of my my physical fitness level <laughs> the the mountain never changes but i do mm-hmm. so i try and do camelback every time i'm home but when I am back in Phoenix, I'm usually out hiking in superstition. So if anyone's Mm. familiar with Phoenix, or if you ever go, if you just take a 30 minute drive east, you are out in the superstition mountains, you're out away from people, you might pass a couple people on the trail, but you're you're in nature. And that's something that is extremely important to me is getting out disconnecting being with nature, It really brings me back to me, life is not work, and life should not be work and life should not evolve around work yes there's important relationships to be built there and yes of course we have to make money That's the world we live in but to me life is about living it's about getting out and experiencing things and and whether that thing be hard like hiking up a mountain which is what I like to do or whether that thing be lying on a beach in San Diego you have to go out and enjoy it and live it and get out of your headspace just being about work because otherwise what are you what are you doing with your life?
0: word
1: speaking chinese but, and making cookies oh it yeah sounds like. that's what you do with
0: your life <laughs> of course. so yeah. so jamie could we have done this this in mandarin is do you know
2: i can you know say greetings i can okay. tell you that the food is good i can ask you if who's good i can mm-hmm. count to 10 basic coaching commands is what i can do Got in it. mandarin it was only after my third or fourth trip to china that i was like Oh, God, I need to learn how to say, I need help. (laughs) I I don't know how to ask someone for help if something is wrong.
1: How do you say goodbye in Mandarin or Chinese? Uh, (laughs) Because we're going to wrap this Uh, up here, Jamie.
2: So I asked this many times because I did not believe them. And I was like, how do you say bye? And they're like, (laughs) bye-bye. Oh, hey there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So bye-bye is uh, basically how you say it.
0: yep. (laughs) I do have one one more question, and I, I meant to ask this earlier. And so when you, when you do work with general population and most uh-huh, of our listeners uh-huh. are general population. yep, do you train them differently and I, I know you're gonna individualize your stuff for you know sports, mm-hmm, but I get mm-hmm. that, but do you mm-hmm. work them upright like an athlete?
2: Yep. yep, they do the same stuff. Um, minus minus our our movement, which is really just for the sake of time. So when it comes to our athletic programs, so they're about 90 minutes long, so, the first 30, 45 minutes is going to be our movement skill work. So, we're working on acceleration, absolute speed, lateral shuffle, crossover, multi direction, that, that kind of thing. With our general population classes, they're 60 minutes. So, within that 60 minutes, we get through our correctives in the beginning, we hit our, our warm ups or our movement prep, we'll do some plyometrics, we'll hit our power block, get our strength in, get our, our cardio at the end. An hour isn't long, but you can also fit a lot into that hour. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I tend to steer away from doing our, our, we'll call them pure movement skills or acceleration, change direction, et cetera, is typically because A, that is not a goal of the client. B, the client's risk versus reward of doing those activities is not equal. And C, because of time. Most of my adults want to have a better body composition. They want to lose weight. They want to tone up. They want to gain muscle mass. They want to be strong. They want to look good on the beach as a 50-year-old dad. Mm -hmm. They want to golf better is actually usually a big one. D, all of Um, the above. That's why I keep coming
1: back to golf. You should see Jason right now, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Because he's grinning ear to ear. Yes.
0: That's awesome. Awesome. Jamie just is the epitome of what a coach should be, isn't she? (laughs)
1: 1,000%. I'm in here like, how do I get my butt to Dallas? Yeah, really. And, and And if I'm
0: hearing you right, so whether you're Joe Flacco or Joe Bega Donuts, you're using PowerBlock, man. That's
2: Yeah. yeah, we are we Carol are. Cookie <laughs> over here.
0: And <laughs> you get a cookie, Jamie. We could talk to you forever. I'll tell you what; I'll put you on the spot. Can we get you back on in a few weeks or a couple months or six months? Yeah, or something yeah, like that? of
1: course. 100%. I would love to talk to you again, Jamie. Yeah,
0: You've been a blast. We like to keep our podcasts a little short and tight, kind of a commuter type of thing. But uh, mm-hmm. this was awesome. Um, this was really awesome, Kitty. Do you have any?
1: No, I just want to say thank you for educating and elevating. Which is what You're you said welcome. that you do. Yep. You educate and you yep. elevate and your energy. We need more energies like you in this world. And I just want to show it. gratitude for being you. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. thank you for having me thank on, really.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. And I'm brushing up on my Mandarin. Bye-bye. <laughs>
2: Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> Jamie with two I eyes. I absolutely Lappler. loved her. Two
1: eyes, two eyes so you can see.
0: Jamie. You know, she was, she's very, I mean, you can tell she should be in that job, right? One
1: thousand percent, yes. You know, she really enjoys it, and like I said, she's just a really supportive energy that seems to create space for other people to grow.
0: You know, you get yeah. She's Period. not. She's not going to get frustrated when I'm. She when she works me out here, and I'm not going to be able to do. She's expecting a flexible. I golfer. can't wait for her to work. Oh, yet. she's going to make fun of me. It's going to be well, probably not out loud, but in her head, she'd be like, "What's this guy doing?" Anyway. I'd make fun of you out loud. Yeah, as you should, as everybody should. <laughs> As I do when I look With in love, the mirror Jason, every morning. All love. <laughs> well, I, that was a good one. Anything you want to add? No. Kidding? High fives. Good vibes. Hey guys, I appreciate you listening. You know, we could use the help because we're uh, still a brand new kind of podcast. Support, share, so subscribe. So, if you could get this out there, if you think people would like to listen to it, share it on the platform. Tell your friends. Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, it, th- Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. D all YouTube, of the above. <laughs> text, email, whatever. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace out.